Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic Podcast. Daddy's home. Daddy's home. He's taking care of business. Uh, I am Chris Gallagher. I am the Kaiser. Uh, it's been amateur hour uh, for the last couple of weeks, but uh, Daddy's back. He's here to tuck you in. He's here to uh, make sure you are you're comfortable. Bad start. Off to a bad start. Um, <laughs> no, it's good to be back. Uh, God love Bowd. God love him. God love him. Somebody right. has to. Uh, no, but Bowd's been terrific. He's the uh, the Tony Schiavone to me being uh, the Gordon Solly. That's a wrestling commentator reference that no one will get. I'm Chris Gallagher at the Gallatron on Twitter. I'm joined with an illustrious, I'll be honest, one of the most illustrious panels in the history of podcasting ever. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got uh, the cream in my coffee. It's uh, it's Louis McCaffrey. Wow. Uh, thanks. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about being the cream in your coffee, but thanks, thanks very much. I think if if the ninety minutes in had an ultras group, I think me and you would be we would be it, Kiel. And I'd be the capo. That's a guy, right? <laughs> Isn't it? Aye. Is that the capo guy? He goes like, "Oh, fucking do stuff." Aye, telling the, everybody else what to do. Exactly. Aye. I enjoy that. Yep. Daddy enjoys that. Um, Kieran, Kieran Haran, looking very focused. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening. Good evening. How are you? I'm all right. Bit ha- tired. Bit tired. You got, you got a wee, wee glint in your eye of tiredness, uh. but listen, it happens. It's a Monday. Uh, Jesus, what's going on with your hair? <laughs> Seems to oh, put that. The jumps of the show. Put that cap back on. Cap it in. I've been saying it for years. That's it. Cap it in. Um, I've missed the last two weeks, but I've been listening. Uh, just like, uh, have you actually though? Yeah. Aye. I listen to it every week. I know that you fucking don't, but <laughs> no, no, I don't. I I only listen to it if I'm not on it, which very rarely happens. <laughs> well, I'm I'm you know I'm a really egotistical person, so anything that yeah. makes me don't get me wrong, I do cringe when I hear my voice because it's horrendous. But I cringe when I hear your voice. I've got good organisational skills. I'm no, I, you know, I, I'm a pen and paper away from uh, not being uh, the guy who runs the pod. Meaning, if I see this is where I go down because I go into a, like. Bout's better at the start. Ah, off to a bad start. Um, so no, no, I've been listening. Uh, Bout's been terrific. Uh, God bless him. But um, Daddy's back. Uh, I've just said that like four times. We said, talked about it at the start. They didn't think I would say it. I have said it. I'm a little embarrassed. Maybe we should start again. <sighs> Listen, we're, we're two minutes and 38 seconds into it. The listeners are loving it. Um, but in all seriousness, um, we are back. Uh, over the weekend, we lost one of the greatest managers of all time, um, an absolute tragedy. Uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan um, passed over the weekend. Uh, one of the great managers, uh, wrestling managers. Uh, but I thought it'd be interesting to find out Louis, Kieran, and also the listener, just in general. Tweet us at ninety minutes cynic. Uh, football managers. In fact, do you know what we didn't really uh, we didn't really cover this over the the, the, the last two podcasts? Uh, Frank de Boer uh, got sacked uh, very quickly into his tenure at. Crystal Paris, Kieran, thoughts? Um, what do you think of overall? Oh, it's always harsh. You can never be judged on just four games. Um, I did see, I think it was Alan Shearer made a comment over the weekend that he feels that Crystal Palace didn't do their due diligence. Um, they've brought in a manager who likes a very kind of progressive way. We've seen the way he plays with Ajax. Yep. It's not something Palace particularly like, so it was a bit bizarre why they brought him in. Yeah, um, didn't have, the, didn't have play. the players either for it, really, did they, for the style he wanted to implement? Ben, did he not bring in quite a number of players himself? He, he did. He brought, in a, he brought in a few. I think he brought in yeah, he brought in a number of players, but ultimately, um, how can you really judge someone on four games? And that's 
what it comes down to. And we can laugh about, you know, we can make jokes about English football, X, Y, and Z, and, you know, so much money in it that any sort of decision will kind of affect your, your bank balance. Uh, but it was a bit harsh, wasn't it, Louis? Uh, yeah, I think <clears throat> I think you feel as if it's pretty harsh after four games, but... Um I mean, they haven't they haven't scored. I don't think they've not scored um, in the first. Conceded quite a number of goals, beating every game. They're now the first team yeah. in all uh, top divisions in England that has lost their first five games. Yeah, um, first back to like eighteen eighty eight, and and not scored a goal. Scored goal. Steve Parrish did say that it was he was judging them on you know since the first of July when he came into the club. It wasn't just those four games, so he's he's judging them over two months, but. Um, so he must be questioning I, his training, his kind of tactics and his training and methods. It must be his kind of philosophy over, or not, not his philosophy, but it, the way he was implementing that philosophy across the club. Maybe he just felt as if it, it wasn't clicking, it wasn't going to work. It, sh- it does show you the pressure, doesn't it? It shows you what they consider the pressure and the kind of high stakes. I mean, no club down there. I mean, going down. In England, yes, okay, you still get a lot of money, but they know how tough it is to get back up. Yeah, I think it's just going to become more and more desperate every year as the money keeps going up. I've, I've never watched them, but have Palace been playing poorly as well? Uh, I watched them against uh, Burnley, and they lost a really, really poor goal, but they played really well. Because you can also look at look at Koeman. I mean, Koeman's in the relegation zone. Yeah. I think he's only got, what, one point? I think he's got a draw. I think they have... Oh, they're certainly the they're bottom of the league anyway. I didn't bottom, but I mean, there doesn't seem to be as if there's too much of a panic calling for his name. They, they spent £130 million mm. in the summer, which is fucking mental for a club level. Um, but with the... Apparently there was uh, John Collins-style rumours um, that De Boer was taking part in training and kind of embarrassing the players with how technically gifted he was as a player. And, um, you know... apart. <laughs> So it goes that um, the ball came over him, he took it on the chest, took it on the knee and volleyed into the top corner, turned round and literally said, you know, well, I want you to do stuff like that, that's how you find the back of the net. Now, these are just... Done that at Palace. Done that at Palace over the thing. And, you know, the, oh, play- the players started coming out saying stuff like, um, you know, he was a bit of a weirdo. They, like, the one, I can't remember what player, player it was, he described him as being a weirdo. And, you know, not he didn't really, you know, he didn't have a sort of... Uh, man management. Of man management, didn't really bond with the players and stuff like that. And I love how quickly these guys are to stab the players in the back, like just um, the managers in the back, literally, you know, three days after he's been sacked, coming out saying he's a bit of a weirdo and a bit of an oddball, and it's like, well, do you know what I mean, mate? You watch Love Island, probably. Surely love Roy Hodgson, then. Uh, listen, he, he seems a terrific kid. Uh, anyway, like, uh, I just wanted to get our comments on that. Harry Redman has been sacked, uh, which made my weekend, if I'm honest with you, because he's a prick. Of a guy, uh, football managers in general. Kieran, who's your all-time favourite football manager? Do you have one? Um, do you care about football managers? Is football managers something that you've never really thought about? You care more about the players, and this goes out to everyone listening. At tweet at ninety minutes, and who's your kind of football and management icon, Kieran? Um, because if you don't have one, it's fine. I, I don't really have a manager. Um, obviously, Matt O'Neill, what he brought to the club and how he transformed the club as well and how he brought kind of winning ways was always good. Uh, so Alex Ferguson, I've been a Man United fan since I was 13, so I've always admired him and just how successful he has been. And not even just that, just what he turned the club into. Um, he The franchise? Yeah, he just turned it in and it shows you how, how good it was. Yeah, that's right. Um, because... Once he's gone, they've kind of struggled. They've not won enough silverware that's expected of them. 
Um, they've just not played well. They've even as went well. gone as far as didn't uh, play in Europe yeah. for a season, which that's kind of unheard of back then. Are they going to win the league this year? Um, they've had a good start. Um, I mean, it is only four games. You can't kind of. They've not really had a tough. Everyone was kind of tough, but well, as you can see, Everton only exactly had a good start. They've not really been tested yet, so. But from what they've shown, they're, they're winning games and they're winning more than one now, which was a struggle last year. I think, but the struggle last year was they were having too many draws. Yeah. So they now seem to have learned how to turn a draw into a win. Lukaku. Well, that's it. Lukaku. He's banging them in. He's um, getting getting the goals. So what is that? There's that whole Lukaku. The um, conspiracy, but it seems the whole thing with Mourinho seems to win a league within his second season at a club. Yeah, it's like so you get the first season, the first season he gets to know the players, gets to know the club, how it works, and then second season he kind of puts it into. It'd be interesting to see how long how how much it's going to affect with Pogba because there's rumours he'll keep out for up to twelve weeks. Well, that was and denied. Was it, was it denied? That was denied. Mourinho says he won't be out that long, but any sort of kind of time on. And as um, as uh, Paul Merson says, you'd rather have Fellini. You'd rather have Fellini on the pitch than Pogba. Uh, Louis McCaffrey, uh, yourself, do you have a, a management managementerial managementerial? Um, one man has always stuck out for me would be uh, Ian Holloway. Terrific chat. Um, <laughs> no, why Ian Holloway? Um, no, I'm joking. You know, well, I, don't, I don't think he's quite funny. You know, he um, was a decent manager. He actually just kind of. No, I, I think in t- favorite favorite manager it has to be Martin O'Neill. I've never had a. I've never had a. He's the only manager I've ever had a poster of up on my wall as a kid. See that poster where he's uh, yeah. jump against. Um, That's it. That the was team formerly known as Rangers. Six two game. O'Neill at the bottom. Six two game. Had that up my wall for uh, quite a while. That would be. You know that whole era and everything O'Neill growing up. Yeah, great. great. So that's funny as well. Cause the post that I've got is when it's the one at Ibrox where he's got his armour and O'Neill in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's actually kind of a drawn. So it was rather than an actual picture. And I think that's all manager I've got up as well. Uh, from a, from my from my personal point of view, from a Celtic point of view, Brendan Rodgers is doing some terrific things. I mean, Brendan Rodgers could. You know, gets to European Cup final, uh, not a European Cup final, but a, you know, a Europa League final could you know get ten in a row, etc. But when Martin O'Neill first came into Celtic, uh, there's, you know, people are, were comparing Rogers coming in as like um, you know when Martin O'Neill took over. But you know, if you weren't around for it, if you're maybe too young, or I don't know, it was just it was phenomenal having because I got oh, it was just terrific. Uh, overall, my favourite football manager of all time would be Brian Clough uh, because. I think what he did with provincial clubs, Derby, Nottingham Forest, um, was phenomenal and he was awesome. Uh, no doubt about it. Yeah, oh, man, TT. Tuchel, well, time will tell. Time will tell with Tommy Tuchel. Time will tell with Tommy Tuchel. Good alliteration there, eh? You're a teacher. Marks out of five. Thank you. Um, don't do, do marking. Harry <laughs> 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 um, Redknapp gets sacked over the weekend again. I just want to raise that. Hilarious. Um, but moving on. Uh, we're going to start, we're going to look at PSG, how we did there, we'll maybe have a little look at how our Champions League team group stage teams did at the weekend, then we're going to go to Ross County, uh, Kieran you were at it so you can give us first hand uh, appraisal, you literally laugh for fuck's sake they have to, <laughs> that's what a podcast is pal, um, we'll look ahead to Dundee and to another small game at the weekend, um, we'll also, we've got quite a few questions on Twitter, but I want to start with Celtic versus PSG. Celtic's heaviest ever defeat at home. Um, just your kind of initial thoughts 
Um, I get Kieran, you were at the game, so I, I, don't, I, I watched it on television. Lou, you watched it on television as, I did. Yes, yes, as well. So we've got all the kind of perspectives covered. Uh, we'll start with Louis first. Uh, just the initial kind of thoughts on the game overall. We get bobied. Terrific. Um, <laughs> um, we did, but we got fucking humped. Aye, they they were playing a different sport for us that first half. I know that was embarrassing. Even um, if at least if we were playing rugby, we could have stopped them a couple I of times. I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like the experience. Like I know we've all been waiting for the Champions League and that. See if this is what it's like every game. No. Aye. I like winning in domestic football. Might be. It's the best. Pretty rubbish. I love it. Seeing we're scoring goals and no getting people running. See when the fourth goal against Ross County went and I was like, yes! Like aggressively, yes! That's. I felt really bad for like most of our team every time Mbappe got the ball. I mean, he's a teenager and he looks like he's made of different stuff. He's Even up against. I thought Tierney just was lost for the first kind of 20 minutes. He was just kind of lost. For, uh, well, just. Your but initial- o- o- overall. Uh, I, j- I thought we, they moved it so quick, they passed it round us like we weren't even there that first half, we couldn't impose ourselves, we couldn't get near them to to really press them, I think we done better second half, but the only reason we done better was because they took their foot off I guess, um, but I thought I thought we were poor, we, did, we didn't, we still didn't play to what we're capable of, but then it's very difficult, I mean, we usually dominate the ball and, and play, you know, hundreds of passes in a game, and yet we we didn't have the ball, so we couldn't do that. So you're, you're immediately switching to a different way of, of playing from what you're used to, and we didn't do it nearly enough. It was like a few really poor performances, but um, but they were just on a different level. They were just on an absolute different planet, and sometimes I think you need to accept that that's, that's the way it goes. There's levels to this shit. <laughs> There's levels to this shit. Uh, Kieran, thoughts? You, obviously, you were at the game. You felt the atmosphere um, a little bit more, etc. Yeah, well, I mean, start that at the start of it before, as a, <clears throat> as it always, as the teams come out. I mean, it was just that you'll never walk alone. It's it's been a long time since I've experienced it that good. I mean, it was one of the best from years and years now. I mean, I've seen the tweet of uh, Desai when he was filming himself. Uh, walking along and he was getting involved and he was singing and stuff like that so I mean it did bring a good atmosphere to it but it didn't seem to phase, the, phase them because you know sometimes some teams they kind of get a wee bit frightened by the atmosphere and it kind of slightly puts them off it, it seems as if it spurred them on yeah because um, you could I think what happened was the first two minutes PSG had that ball popped it about finding space and in that two minutes the Celtic team seemed to just look at each other and go shit they just they seem to be scared. They seem to be that just, they were put off by that and thought, "Oh no, we've got we've got another eight, eight minutes of this." Um, I just could not get in the ball. Just couldn't get anywhere near them. I thought it looked weird. Rogers seemed to have some sort of weird tactic with Sinclair. He seemed to always be tucking in. So see, whenever like PSG had the ball, I he's tucking in because Danny Alves ran and right in that first half. Daniel, and he was totally yeah. unmarked the whole time, and seeing the ball was coming it's over. Because Armstrong never Sinclair, came out. Sinclair was that. I, I don't know what. I don't know what the the, the that the did change. Of. That did change about halfway through the first half. Ah, because he noticed the fact of not. I need to put it back. I need to get Sinclair closer to. Uh, but was that was that Alves. Sinclair or was that Rogers? I think it would be Rogers. I, I don't think Sinclair would have done that because he always likes to hug that line. 
and then cut in when we've, whenever we've got the ball and we're attacking, he'll cut in. But when we're defending, he usually does stick out See, wide, and is he knows he's. He's, he's got to mark that right back. That's what annoys me about Sinclair. I, I, I was saying this before the game. I, I really want to see Sinclair play more like a winger, like what he did when he first came in. Very rarely does he actually play out on on the wing, and he never has a ball played in front of him into space for him to run onto, like to use his pace. It seems to be now he wants to come come deep and come inside to collect the ball and then face people up and I know he's good at that but he's got a lot of pace and it seems as if like if, uh, that, a game like that you know that they're they're better right so if you can't if you're not going to have the ball a wee bit if, <laughs> aye but if, if you're not going to have no, the I ball know, surely the tactic is to win it as soon as you can and hit them on the counter with pace and with power hit them on the counter and yet we didn't do that. And I, I think Rogers got it wrong with that midfield. See, having that flat, flat three, three midfield didn't. was awful. I think he got it wrong by not starting with Tom Rogic, but yep. we'll get to that in a minute. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, I thought that um, we were kind of caught in between two... Uh, we were caught in two minds. We didn't know whether he sit in and hit the counter or just press them. And from that point of view... Now, I, now Rogers is obviously two weeks to think about this without any game in between... Um, and I don't know if he has given. I, I, I don't know whether he's given the tactics to the players and they've not computed it correctly or put it into possession correctly, or the players he didn't get across them correctly enough. If you know what I mean, I don't know if it's him not getting his point over across enough, or him getting his point over and the players not understanding it. Uh, we just didn't turn up. We. J- I don't. It's not that I don't mind losing. I'm, I'm, I can accept losing to class players, and they are on a level above anything I've seen at Parkhead. They're better than Barcelona, because uh, I mean, people are like you know, but see, when Barcelona, when we beat Barcelona, or even Barcelona last year, they had Neymar, they had Messi. I know Daniel Alves wasn't there, but we've played with teams that have had that. It just seemed to be for PSG. Not only that night, but this season, they've just clicked in a lot of ways that people wouldn't have seen them clicked. Cavani terrified the shit out of me. Now, he probably should have had about four goals, considering the positions he was getting in. But thank God he had a bit of a rusty date night in front of goal, except one of the most incredible headers I've ever seen. How he bent his head round to kind of get that in was phenomenal. But from our point of view, um, disappointed. Um, I didn't think we knew. I, th- I thought there was a lot of guys out there. I thought biggest disappointment for me, specifically in the first half, was Cham. I thought he every time he got on the, he looked pressure nights at Parkhead Champions League is pressure nights, and I felt he completely crumbled under the pressure. Oh no, I disagree. I thought he was. I I, I was happy with him. I thought when he had the ball, why? I, I I thought when he had the ball, he looked composed when he had it, but he didn't have. He didn't have any ideas of where to play it in front of him because of that midfield. If he had had Tam Rogic up there, it's an automatic out ball somewhere to play it. But I felt as if that midfield was completely devoid of any option for a player when he got on the ball. I mean, you had Scott Brown was chasing shadows the full night. He was clueless. Armstrong had that whole inside channel. Which, which Danny Alves, as you say, he was he just dominated that whole channel because Armstrong wasn't there. He was just missing, just totally missing in action. But any time any one of the three of them got the ball, 
they had no one to pass to. They had one centre half marking uh, Lee Griffiths, and then there was no else. Paddy Roberts only got on the ball when he came in, inside his own half to collect it and then try and take someone on. I, I, thought, done well. I, I thought he I was just about to say, I thought he did. He did, but uh, you need someone to play the ball up to. Yeah. When you're when especially when you're deep like that and under a lot of pressure. And we just didn't have anybody and I think that that's why that midfield that combination or that tactic just did not work. We have to have someone you need a spark. We need a number ten. Some and and the thing is, Tom Rogic is the best in that at that club at finding space. He will find space. Put him there, and he'll find it. And even if he, even if all you're going to do is play it into his feet and let him hold it for a couple of minutes and lay it off to someone else, it's better that than in Cham, you know, then playing a square ball and losing it. Yeah. I, I thought in Cham, I thought Cham um, improved in the second half. Um, because he got more space because they took the foot off the pedal. But I thought that when we were under extreme pressure um, that he didn't want to get on the ball the way he should have wanted to get on the ball. He should have been the guy that should have been trying to get us out of trouble. Scott Brown can only um, kind of... Uh, but and that takes up. a certain amount of leadership and that, that's never going to be there yet from him. He's, he played 32 times for Genoa in Serie A last season. He's played. He's played. He's played against Juventus. He's played against AC Milan. What's his role they were a team, team that were getting pumped as well. So I'm listen. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I just think he had a bad game. I'm not saying that he's a bad player or maybe he got caught in the de- a deer caught in the headlights a little bit. Fair enough. It happens as long as he improves from it. As long as he comes away mm-hmm. from that learning something. I, I've said it all along. As long as these young players, like Tony Ralston, you can't judge him on that game. But I think Tony Ralston is a better player for having played that game. I, 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 I thought I thought that boy still deserved pass marks. Ralston. Well, well that's, that, second half, he definitely grunted the game. First half, I think he was a wee bit kind of panicky. Some of his thing, some of the times when the ball came to his feet, he just wanted to get rid of it as quick as he could, which is understandable. Right. When you've got, but you're playing against spell. somebody who's absolutely lightning. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're playing against and somebody he, who's going to be up for the ball. And he got yeah. caught, caught a couple of times, but then in the second half, he just he started to kind of um, mark him up and try and went toe to toe with him and trying to fuck him as well. Was that? <laughs> no, that was wasn't much. That was Motiaga Morta. That was the way he took him out. That was beautiful. Just oh, right up in the air. I know. <laughs> the but then he was going out as well. <laughs> <laughs> he just crashed right into him. I, it was, remember just before that, it was his run out of the box. That's, that's why he was up brilliant. there. That was brilliant. He was coming back from that. That was amazing. Um, I mean, just so pumped up, and you can see him like, try to get the, the 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 fans going again. You know, yeah, yeah, been watching Champions League, you know, with Celtic in it since what two thousand and one, and there's always been the possibility that this would happen at some point. So personally, I'm not overly surprised it's happened. I'm disappointed it's happened. Um, well, getting beat so heavily at home. Aye, we've been outclassed and outplayed by teams at Parkhead, no doubt about it. But we've always just had about enough to not get absolutely annihilated. And you know, people will turn around and they'll say, "Well, you know, it was three 0 and then there's an own goal, and then there's just a bit of a freak wonder goal at the end." You know, I would count it as three. We we should have been about four 0 down at half time. Um, and you know, here's here's a question uh, from. What we've got from that is is when we go to Paris, what it's going to be like? When we uh, go to their ground. Uh, we'll be fine. <laughs> we'll be absolutely fine. Um, Keith actually has sent in a couple of questions. Um, one of them being, uh, I'll, I'll, this is from Keith at Ginty eighteen eighty eight. A lot made of Jozo's stupidity for the penalty. 
but the camera didn't catch Cavani drag him back to get in front of him um, so he drags Jozo back as he's run into the box Jozo then don't know if it's even kind of a natural reaction to grab someone who's grabbed you referee sees it penalty Keith's asking will Jozo learn from that uh, so just bringing up the defence you like to think he'd learn from that um, but obviously with these these strikers they're, they're very coy what they do like you said he's pulled Jozo first but he's obviously been quite snidey about it and been quite okay yeah. about it whereas Jozo just blatantly just put up his hand out aye you can back here I mean it was a stonewall penalty I get what Keith, Keith's point is you know Cavani was a little bit cheeky um, but you know I, again oh, he's pulled it up. yeah uh, what did you think of the defence overall Louis? I mean it's hard to judge them um, it was a makeshift defence would you have been happier <laughs> Could we have done anything really from a defensive point of view? I thought Jozo was poor um, at times. I thought he shat it a little bit. Uh, I'm so, I think the, the, the defence is culpable in a couple of the goals, to be honest. Um, kind of all over the place. I mean, the own goal we had... Um, Ralston let the ball go by him in the box. Um, Even if you hear a shout, I don't know why he let the ball go. But again, an It's experience. coming at that pace when you're right in front of the goal... Don't let it go by though, just but try and get... You might be it, but to it, it took a deflection in. as it went through his legs, just before it went through his legs. I then ha- I just because it was Lustig, right? Lustig put it in top bag. i tell you what though, it was a terrific fucking so own goal. Did Lustig try, I never, I've not seen that again, but did he try and clear it or did he just like, deflect well, off? He, no, I, he, 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 he didn't, he didn't realise that it, it was going to get by Ralston. It, it, it was unlucky. No one's really to blame for that. That's just, um, that's just um, the luck of the night. Mbappe's goal as well, Ralston was... T- caught like he ended up on the left and, and totally out of position tried to come back and he, it was his side that the, uh, Neymar jumped up for the header and headed it back to Mbappe things like that we were, we're kind of all over the place I don't think so much I, I think Brendan Rodgers got it spot on in terms of who he played that's who, that's who I would have played that's who I had said before it should have played um, during the first half they dealt with a lot of the cross balls when Alves was was having a lot of joy on the right. He was getting crossed in. However, these crosses weren't great, but they were all, they were also dealt with with the defenders an awful lot. They were getting cleared away out of the road, so they were doing well at getting to that. All um, four of them, all four of them weren't weren't great. Just like the whole team, all all four of them looked a bit fear, and it's not a bad thing. Look at the three they're up against. That other thing as well, they kept moving about with Neymar and Mbappe, so you don't really know who to follow. Yeah, if you follow your man and you're just left a gaping hole opened. They've got the intelligent midfielders that will just uh, exploit that. So you've got to be wary about how you move about um, and getting dragged about. Obviously, you're saying Ralston was on the wrong side. You obviously mm. follow his man. Do you think we should have signed a defender? I don't think I'd signed a defender would have changed that result. No, I kind of disagree a, a little bit because if we'd brought in, depending on the the value of who, no, well, okay, no. So if we'd brought someone. And now the rumor is it was Phil Jagielka that we were trying to sign. We were trying to bring. Now whether you you know Phil Jagielka, he's, he's, he's slow now. He's slow, right? But see what he has. He's got experience and he can organise the defence. Um, now whether that's true or not, that might just have been a rumor that was never going to be. Phil Jagielka, he's old. How many and Champions he's slow. League games has Phil Jagielka played? How many Champions League games had Kelvin Wilson played before we signed him? I and mean, he was terrific for us in the Champions League. You can't. We're not going to sign Champions League players. We can't sign. Ja- we got to make players into Champions League pl- players. How many? How many Champions League games had? You know, the- I'd rather Ralston played than Phil Jagielka. No, no, I'm, no, no. Listen, I'm, and, and don't get me wrong. I've got, like, 
Did I want us and should we have signed a centre half? Yes, absolutely. But would it have changed that game? No. I don't. I, I, it was a yes before kick off. It's a yes after kick off. We should have signed a centre half and we failed. It was I a think, failure not to. I think we I, we probably would have lost no matter what we done. The possibly wasn't a defender out there that. Well, clearly there wasn't a defender out there that was available that Rodgers could have taken. I think the Jagielka one must have went down the back last minute because I don't know if ever I've been playing a back three all season or whether it was just against my yesterday. The other day, yeah. They were playing a back three yesterday. Yeah. No, I mean, Phil Jagielka was just a, a rumour I heard. Whether it was true or not, it isn't really the point. It's more about bringing in someone with a little bit of experience. Of It's not even about experience, it's about someone who can marshal a defence. I'd, I'd, I'd be very worried if some random guy from South Africa that's never played in Europe was our one and only option at centre-half during that transfer window. I think we would have won if, it was, well, uh, if we tied them. How, yeah, looked good, didn't it? how would you have went with the, the possibility of Cole Turi being a coach-stroke player? He could have been used for the odd game here and there. He still probably could, but no, no, he's retired. He has retired now. He's kind of thingy. Uh, I think he's a little bit too past it. He's too. Well, there's a reason he's retired, frankly. But um, terrific. See, see, terrific see, be, see, to be fair, see the idea of Neymar up against Lustig in a wide position, that gives me the fear more than Well, else. I tell you what, though, see, you can see what you like. with him against the Barcelona game. Lustig isn't about pace, he's about known, he's about positioning, he's, he knows, he's very intelligent. That's what I've always said about Lustig. Uh, he, is, he is very intelligent, but I think his intelligence is, is better in the centre-half position where he's not as culpable with, with pace, because you knock the ball past can, him and you are gone. But you don't get not get to knock the ball by him because he's, he's sitting so deep. Ralston, when, see when um, Neymar knocked the ball by Ralston Ralston was at the halfway line <laughs> what I'm sorry I just I wish like no centre half for now on for me Ralston's your right back that's it uh, move over Tash to, to, be, to be fair what I would say is uh, Lustig's probably he's a better centre half than Eric Sviachenko anyway yeah, and he's a better uh, depending on how Boyata comes back and you know what his level of because he's a guy again another guy who I think thrives off of uh, confidence a lot of confidence players in our fucking team in our squad a lot of guys Sinclair to me uh, with Sinclair uh, with I just thought Sinclair was caught in two minds every time he got the ball at his feet and he started going towards goal um, he was unlucky because he was kind of crowded out all the time but there was a couple of times he just made bad decisions bad decision making in tight situations that I've mm, I don't know if he just got the break the, of the ball the even. first thing as well is he was doubled up an awful lot Aye. you had Alves then Thiago Mota would come across Tierney didn't seem to want to get up too far because of Mbappe there so he didn't really want to leave his position because if he pushed up Mbappe's going to run away for Scott Brown he's going to run away for Jozo so Tierney at least could marshal him a little bit more he's so run away from Tierney, but to, be, to be honest, but, he looks like one of the fastest players I've ever seen. Aye. See over, see over ten or fifteen yards. Whoa! Gone. Um, quite a few times whenever Sinclair had the ball and he was going at Alves, Mortar would come across, and like a number of times he tried to go through the middle of them, but he couldn't make it. He made it once, and that's when he had that shot towards the end of the first half. But I mean, four or five times it was just like he was going towards Alves. Mortar would come along and come in next to it and he would just try and go through that gap but just never made it through yeah um, just looking at it um, it's annoying because it's another Champions League opening day game that we've got to look at and say well we can get experience from this obviously happened last season when we get, when we get thumped 
uh, by Barcelona. <coughs> it's happened again against PSG. A couple of points about it. As we've mentioned, PSG genuinely looked to be on another level from probably any, everyone else. I think they'll they'll spank a lot of teams. This is also the PSG team. I know this has been mentioned quite a number of times. This is the same PSG team that beat Barcelona 4-0 last season um, with fucking Neymar uh, Mbappe and you know a couple other terrific players as well. Um, when, I, when I look at that, I'm discouraged and disheartened but at the same time, if I was looking at 3-0, I'd be dis- discouraged and dis- disheartened. It's, it's, do you know what, for me, it's hard to take is because of what happened last year and going to Barcelona and getting absolutely humiliated. And it was more or less that again. And it it kind of feels like everything Brendan Rodgers was talking about, about progress and how we're going to, you know, going to do something this year and stamp our authority on it and all that. No, you're no. Realistically, no, we're no. We can't. We cannot compete with that level of opposition. So, well, he, whether it's Brendan Rodgers' team or you know a year when he first comes in or a year down the line, you just there's only so much you can do. We can't. We can't bridge that gap. I don't think. Having said that, um, you know we got into the last sixteen twice with Gary Caldwell and Steve McManus. Those are. But I think there's a bigger... Di- I think the, the divide is getting bigger now. I, just, I don't know. I don't know if it is. I think we are getting better players, but I think they are... The, these squads it seems we are to be facing it. are stronger now than they've ever been. I don't know necessarily... I, I get your point. I, I think it's more that clubs... are. It's not clubs anymore. It's kind of becoming super clubs. So uh, yeah. instead of having quality players spread throughout the top level, we've literally got three or four or five clubs that are just sucking up every piece of talent that they go. Mbappe's 18 and he's already signed after one season uh, you know at at the top level he's already signed for what 140 or 60 whatever um, to thingy. They've sucked up Neymar as well. Sucked up. It's not good language. Um, (laughs) Bowden said up. Aye, well, Bout doesn't know who Mbappe was until fucking last week, but no, but my point is, I, 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 it seems to be three or four or five kind of big super clubs, Bayern kind of bought everyone, Man City have bought like a lot of players that probably over, you know, maybe 10 years ago they would have been spread over a number of clubs, so it really is becoming the elite level, so I, I get that point, I don't necessarily think the standards went up, it's just that qual- a lot of quality players are at one or one club more aye, than anything. You, you There's more quality within one club than there is over. A, you know, aye, you'd fa- you'd face a team who maybe had three or four top top, top players, and then the other ones there might even be a couple that you'd never heard of. Now you're facing like a PSG Household team names. with just in every position absolute superstars. Yeah, it's like, a, yeah, no, and it's like uh, you know the same. Obviously, the same with Bayern. Bayern have been at it for years, just buying up anybody who anyone in the German league who show any sort of well, basically Borussia Dortmund. But it's it's tough. Um, a, a restless native uh, at P Dizzle eighty eight biggest home and away defeats uh, in Europe. Red Imps and PSG um, under as well under under Brendan Rodgers. What does he have to change to improve his and our performance in Europe. I think just not. Don't be scared. Just know that okay, these players are, like we just said, fantastic players. But on a night, if you were to get in their faces, uh, press them high, you, you never know what could happen. You you could force them into making mistakes and not 
done it in the past. Oh, well, I mean, exactly. We've, we've beaten Barcelona after after getting scared by Barcelona seven one last year. What was it? it was two two one two 0 3-1 uh, 3-1 we get pumped anyway uh, we get pumped but it wasn't quite a bigger margin we did no. compete a bit better at home um, it's all about competing I, I, you know, I, I don't mind as I said at the start of the show like I don't mind like, it's not that I don't mind that's the wrong phrasing I, I can accept defeat as long as we've given our all I just really don't think we gave our all against I, PSG I don't even think we gave no, half of what we've got I think you need to be a wee bit more pragmatic as well I don't I don't think you're. we are not going to go into the Champions League and play the way that we play you know at a weekend it's, I know Brendan Rodgers is, is a great philosophy and look all the you know, everything we've we've got so far from it domestically, but when you go into Champions League, I'm sorry, we have to be a bit more have a bit more of, of a so counter attacking game plan against these types of players. And I don't think you could really tell what Celtic's game plan was from that, that PSG game. I think in essence certainly first half. To improve uh, our players need to be a little bit more streetwise. Um I, I just think these these players as good as they are technically, they just they're just smarter in a lot of ways. Decision making, control. If it, you, the main thing that killed us was the lack of possession. When we got possession, we fucked it every single time. I mean, I don't think we made more than there was. A, there was a period I was counting where we probably didn't make more than six or seven passes. You know how many how many phases did we have where we made more than eight passes? Probably not not too many. Just keep the ball. Just keep the ball a bit better. I think is going to improve our our performance. Um, does is there anyone get any kind of pass marks? Ralston, um, Ralston, considering considering the situation, young boy thrown into a massive game with that. Definitely Ralston. Uh, disappointed with uh, Griffiths, or did he really have a chance? He's never going to have a chance if he's getting if he's, if the ball's not coming near him. Um, I thought he fucked sense. up for their first goal um, because he completely miscontrolled it. He let the ball go through his kind of legs. He didn't control it right. Have he held the ball up a bit better? Again, these are just thankless task. It's a bit hard to kind of say, but it would be interesting if Dembele had been fat five, maybe seven, ten days earlier. He may have given a bit more of a, a presence up there for us, like you said. We're kind of wanting to play the ball up to someone who's going to be a bit more muscly and strong and maybe keep the ball but but the, the, the gap between the striker and the midfield because of how deep we were at times was too big I mean we, we couldn't no one would have been able to play the pass up to him he uh, needed someone in the Rogic role and let's face it I said this on, on the old Twitter box <laughs> if Tom Rogic is fit Tom Rogic plays I do not care what you say I am never bowing down to this rubbish about <laughs> You need an engine, and you, need, you need this and you need that. No. You see, when he came on, his touches with the ball, I, I'm, I'm fair enough. I thought at times, obviously, he could have done more without the ball. But with the ball at his feet, he looked the classiest part of us. And he has to play. Absolutely, he has to play every single game that he can play. Uh, final question on PSG from Raffaello. Bonacorsi, um, good fella, tweets in quite a bit. Um, RePSG, is it time to bite the bullet and just defend for our lives in these games? Or should we continue to attempt to play in hope of progress? Uh, I'll start with you, Lee. 
I, th- I think we should be more pragmatic, as you, I you say. say there's there's earlier. got to be a bit of a balance. I don't want us to go, you know, park the bus and try and wrestle a point out of these games. I want us to have an attacking threat. I just want us to be a bit more clever with it and, you know, have a clearer plan. You know, like um, I saw one of the Leipzig uh, goals last week. And the it counter was attacking like, one? Aye, and yeah. they, they won it in a box and then were straight up the other end and scored. I mean, that's apparently that's what they do all that's the time. That's their game, yeah. That's, that's their game. Their, that's how they work it. Why can we not... I mean, we have pace in our team. Why can we not do that and have, have that sort of model when we're going up against these big teams? And elect may be different at home. We want to dictate that game. We want to boss that game. Away from home in Europe, playing against teams who are going to have the ball that we are not good enough to get it off of them. When we do get it off them, we've got to hurt them. But... It's true. Um, final comment on Brendan Rodgers' com- post-match comments about playing like under 12s. Fine. Who cares? Uh, Tam McManus be, has been be, coming Be out. honest, why not? These players have got to be made aware. Made aware. Well, I suppose obviously he'll make them aware of it behind closed doors, but made it public, I think it's a bad thing. You happy uh, with that yourself? Was that sorry? Tom, uh, Brendan Rodgers, the under 12s comment, basically, you know, there's been a lot of criticism about I think Tam McManus came out and says, Well, in this day and age, you shouldn't be criticising players and it's going to make an un- a dangerous president and blah, blah, blah. And I used to play for Hibs and look at my stupid What, they shouldn't have said they were played on yeah, under 12s? You shouldn't, basically, you shouldn't criticise your players in public. Well, they did. Oh, no, I, I think that is just so stupid. Like, like, he's the manager, he's the boss. He's the boss. He's a, I don't think Brendan Rodgers is the type of guy that would ever say it into the press that he wouldn't say it to the players in the re- dressing room. Yeah, Put and I don't, even think, I don't even think... I, firstly, I don't think, even think it was that bad. And secondly, in fact, I don't think it was harsh enough. Frankly, they, they played like headless chickens at times. Um, I'd, rather, I'd rather that than them come out and say, I thought our boy's done everything, I can't fault their effort, and all that bollocks that you hear for managers. No, their effort wasn't good enough. Armstrong, are you there, pal? Are you all right? Is he all right? Who Armstrong? Aye, I don't know him personally. Because see, during the week he did not turn up, and I blame you. What? Why? Why didn't he turn up, Chris? Well, we're playing PSG. Why didn't he turn up? Firstly, his wee pal isn't he feeling too good? What? Because he decided to go for a dip during the night. It's still good enough. I don't think that pen. It's still good enough. I don't think it's good enough either. I think Armstrong really needs to um, be pulled up from the bootstraps. Get him strapped on. And see, um, if he, see if he starts on Saturday. Well, we'll get to Saturday. Oh. Uh, just a couple of updates. Obviously, next week we'll cover the Champions League because we've got the Anderlecht game on the following Wednesday. But this weekend, PSG defeated Leon two goals to nil. It's their sixth win in a row. The two on goals, I believe, Leon scored. Really? It's just ignore them. <laughs> okay. no uh, Let's get to the intellect. I've seen that. Bayern won four 0 against Mainz. Uh, they've done. They've started. They've got what, one defeat in four. I think one defeat in five. Anderlecht drew two each with a team called Kordschrich. Yeah, apparently it's not a good team. It's like a low, a lower down the league team, like a Rangers or a lower down the league team. <laughs> and apparently, one of the wee shitey teams. The, the, the manager's under a lot of pressure because he just gets sacked. Did manager. he? He gets sacked. Fucking hell, like, <laughs> on the bus this morning at 9 o'clock, I'm like, like I was going to ask you what you thought of that. Oh, I never noticed. <laughs> uh, Can you ask me, I knew the news. Uh, Rainey Weiler got sacked today, nine points behind Bruges. 
I'm a big fan of Rennie. I was going to say that to your question earlier. Uh, um, good. One win in six games uh, for the former. And I like manager. And I like manager. Uh, Rennie Viler. Uh, thoughts on Rennie Viler? I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. By the way, I'm just guessing. Um because it's always V's in it, even though it's a W. Uh, good luck to him, I'll it's God a job. Um, aye, God bless him. But uh, aye, haha, Anderlecht, we'll come for you two weeks. Boom! Get a new manager in, we'll scudges. If anybody knows that promo that, uh, what do you call him, did, Booker T did when he was coming for Hulk Hogan, think that, that's what I would say, but I can't because it's got a swear word in it. Um, I think Anderlecht are now taken over by his assistant manager, first team coach. That often happens. <laughs> it's just more if a new manager comes in just maybe the week before they play us then does it galvanise well that's is that a sort of Kenny McDowell Ali McCoy situation I, I now, now there's been a lot of that on Twitter about you know you don't want to face a team when uh, you know the new manager comes in but I read a stat today that basically said, see that's kind of a myth that when managers come in so obviously when a manager gets sacked it's because there's something wrong with the team it's because the team aren't performing and then someone else will come in and they'll give them that little boost yeah, because make a few changes yeah, that may- maybe make a few changes bring someone in from the cold etc do you know that this is I think this is just English premiership uh, when new managers come in the expectancy of winning their games is really high but on average they only win 38% only 38% of managers uh Thirty-eight percent of teams who have had a new manager coming in win the first four games. Any of the first four games. So you're looking at me like I'll give a fuck. You're the one who brought up. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we'll talk more about that next week. Uh, with uh, obviously, we're sad that Rainy Viler. Rainy Viler, CSC. We'll try to get him on the show. I'm sure he wants Anderlecht to get pumped as oh, well. Right, and the last so. time the PSG, I need to apologise to the young lad who stopped me. I'm away in my seat to say hello. I didn't catch your name. So I apologise for not catching your name. He's not even uh, to do with the podcast? To do with the podcast. He listens to the podcast week in, week out. I unfortunately didn't catch his name. So tweet us. Thanks uh, for saying hello to me. Tweet us at 90 Minute Cynic and say that you're uh, Kieran's pal from the football. Uh, you can exchange <laughs> numbers. That's not a problem. <laughs> unless there's an age issue. Uh, so we recovered from. <laughs> Daddy's home. Uh, we recovered from the defeat to PSG uh, on Saturday. We took on Ross County. Um, shut up. Um, Celtic uh, defeated the mighty, the infamous. I don't know if they've ever been infamous. Uh, Ross County, four goals to nil. Uh, Rogic, Dembarino, uh, and Jimmy F. Jeff, let's call him Jeff. We James it. James it. Um, James Forrest uh, got two goals. Uh, it was a, it was a terrific performance in terms of uh, bounce back ability, which we're always looking for. We're looking for a bit of bounce back ability. Uh, Kieran, you were at the game. What did you make of it? So, your initial thoughts? Um, on the way up to the game, I seen the team lineup and I was quite excited by it. Um, I did think straight away that it would be. A spanking, I think I said that in the WhatsApp, but I think it would have been. I was kind of aiming more for five, and I thought it might have got to five. Disappointed, disappointed. Well, <laughs> disappointed that I either get to five. <laughs> I want to have one more goal. But um, no, because people have always wanted to see what it's like with Gim- uh, Griffiths and Dembele working together. Um, I know sometimes if we play a back three, we usually play with like technically two number tens in a striker. Whereas I think it's, with the striker and the one number ten, it worked a little bit be- better because... 
when the when the striker dropped in, the defender didn't know where to come or not. Yeah. So it kind of got a little bit lost. So the midfielder all of a sudden has a the striker to kind of contend with. And I felt Rodgers got a lot of space and a lot of the ball. He was found very easily. He does that. Um, which he, he can do that. But I mean, obviously, the fact that we kind of overloaded that, that, that top area, I thought worked really well. Um, I think I, I'm going to give quite special praise to Bitton. I thought Bitton played fantastic. I think that was special one of Bitton's, I thought it was one of Bitton's best games for a number of years. I thought he was very assured. Um, he tackled very well. I think he won most of his tackles. Um, it was very distribution was good. I thought was best. He that one week in a we'll call it a brain fart with a pass, but it was like the ninety second minute. Which to be honest, any player would have done that. Your ninety second minute, your four goals up. You're just waiting for the whistle. It's time so to fart. Aye, you just know it's not done. But. Enough of that. I felt uh, I felt Bitton was really really good. I think, like we said, um, James Forrest <laughs> taking his time there. Yeah, have we think? Think uh, James Forrest as well. I thought at times he was kind of up and down. Sometimes he was in the game. Sometimes he wasn't. Um, surprised to see him score left foot. Yeah, doesn't um, do that very often. I thought I thought uh, his second goal, his second finish was stupendous. Did well because finished. I was kind of standing behind it, and he actually used the two defenders. For the, a shield to, for, the for the keeper, so the keeper never seen the ball, yeah. so until it was far too late, and obviously it was, it was hard to kind of react for it. Um, I mean, everyone kind of knows. I'm, I'm sure you do that the, the lineup we had. We basically went with it was almost kind of two slash three at the back, really, because Ralston kept kind of marauding forward. There was no Kieran Tierney in the squad. We day off. We day off uh, out with the girlfriend. Probably, See, probably had an Andos. Because that that thing as well, which showed how, like, obviously by that performance, we're in for now. And then you look at our bench, the, the strength of the bench yeah. was incredible to see that we've got that. Plus, you've got a number of players still to come back. So, at that point, I looked and I thought, the squad is actually really good. I think the squad now is actually better than last year. Uh, yeah. As, well, a, as a kind of whole, with um, quality players all around. County haven't made a great start to the season, so, you know, we're, we're not necessarily facing world beaters at this point. If that was St. Johnson, you wouldn't be starting with that lineup or Aberdeen, or Rangers. Mm. But if it was like Hamilton and Thistle, yeah, and yeah, I mean, they're obviously kind of there's a hierarchy. The yeah, of of course, yeah, they're, the teams, are. you know, um, I think they've only picked up four points this this season, Ross County. So they've had a few big defeats, uh, obviously to to Rangers after what Scott Fox, I don't know whatever he was doing. Uh, anyway, uh, Louis, what did you take? What was your take on the gam? Yeah, I didn't see it, but I didn't see any of it. But it sounded absolutely scintillating. Terrific stuff. Um, what I thought was quite interesting was the fact that he's now played Ralston as part of the back three. I don't know if he wants to try and bolster the fact of having his two fullbacks able to learn the, the position of centre half, so that he has got options, co- options and cover to go either side if they want. Um, I mean, I mean, that's only Ralston's voice. Fifth start, for sixth start. sixth start. PSU was his fifth start. And that's his sixth but, start. Aye, so, but I mean, this season it's only been three, isn't it? Yeah, it's two last year. Um, Big week for him. Already, those two a, games. already did ask him to be a centre half as well. So it just shows you the tells us the young lad as well. He's able to pick that up. Yeah, um, Tam uh, was was absolutely stupendous. Um, it I won't get man the match. Yeah, Scott Brown get man in the match. Which I was confused by. I don't think Scott Brown controlled the game. I think Scott Brown's getting out in his contract. He has to have a certain <laughs> certain number of bottles of champagne over a year. <laughs> Good, that's quite quite witty. Thanks, man. Quite dry. Thanks. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, Dembele came back. Uh, Demolition warming up for uh, Saturday. 
Oof, Janky will play, eh? Well, we'll get to that. You, yeah, cheeky monkey. Um, but no, um, Dem- Demberino and uh, Griffiths. I actually thought they linked up pretty well. Um, they literally played five at the back, one or two. I think it was one, two sitting basically. It was basically five, four, one, but it was more five, two, two wingers and a forward who never really got over the halfway line. Although, having said that, and I should point this out, uh, Schalke had a big opportunity in the first half where the ball came to him he was literally one-on-one with nobody Jozo Simonovic doesn't he half let people run off him Um, there was a massive chance for Schalke in the first half Um, again we can kind of clock that up to maybe the PSG game obviously kind of maybe affected them a little bit they weren't fully focused we'll whack this up to a fully just a just a win Let's not analyse it too much because, in essence, we always just needed to bounce back and that was the most important thing. Uh, Gordon save, Keenan. Uh, the second the set toes in the second half, five. Fantastic. Phenomenal. That was at 2-0. Especially in a, in a game where you're not involved very much but you're just all alert to yeah. that kind of situation. That just shows you the kind of quality of the keeper that he is. Have you seen that, Louis? Yes, terrific. Um, agility, that's the word I would use. Ag- agile, but... Oof, just agility.com. Uh, agility sounds like the word jelly beans. So what did you feel about... I was about uh, Hayes' performance. Uh, to be honest, he was asked... He was. He seemed to be in a bit of a position that I'm not sure he's done played very often. I think at Aberdeen, he was always the attacking winger. He was always kind of part of the front three. And this role, he was played as a kind of uh, left wing back. Well, and I- at times, I felt he didn't get up enough... Um, because I remember in the first half, there was a number of times when we were kind of pushing up, Rogers would be whistling, and he'd be like, and he'd be like, okay, he'd be like, he was like, to Hayes, like, get further up, get further up. So Hayes was un- unsure of how far up to push as being a, as being a left, a flat, um, is that, what do you call it, left wing back? Wing back. Wing back. Um, so it looked like it was a bit of a new position for him, so he was a bit hesitant at times, he kind of got a bit more into it. Didn't want to get caught out. Yeah. Um, handsome uh, Paul, Paul Carlin at the Paul Carlin to send in a question um, and I'm going to come to Lou McCaffrey with this um, is Johnny Hayes overawed by being a club uh, a big club <sighs> or are Celtic fans just been a bit, little bit impatient for him and what's better uh, left wing or right wing I think it's a bit of both um, I, I think he's I, I think he's struggling to possibly with confidence I think he's struggling to get come into a team that have been so successful last year I think it's more of a of a mental thing than anything else I I, I really like Johnny Hayes and I hope he I honestly hope he he has a kind of significant role and you know he's in every squad and he gets game time because I, I really like him but we're getting to the I point think it's, yeah. I think it's a bit harsh to be kind of you know, saying that he's maybe going to be a dud or whatever else, or the, or the club's too big for him. I people don't think people are that. saying that, though. I know, obviously, I know, social media is just like a dipstick in terms of what the be, actual be, overall Because thing he's is, not scored a goal. Because, but fair enough, his performances haven't been there yet either, but I still think Johnny Hayes has been a, an improvement on that squad in terms of backup. How many goals has Forrest scored this season? I think a lot of it is to do with Again, having that little bit of competition, a competitive squad. Aye, but I, I think he has to realise that he's he's at Celtic because 
he's Brendan Rodgers, ah, he says he's good enough. So yeah. you've got to believe that you are as good as every player around you, you know, and, and come on and show it. And he, he needs to demand the ball more and really do something when he has it. But again, what is is Johnny Hayes? Johnny Hayes is like, you know, a square peg in a round hole. Is he? Is he... Is he going to play the way Johnny Hayes played at Aberdeen? Or is he going to come into our team and and try and morph his game into exactly what Brendan Rodgers wants? And and that's maybe... You know, well, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, he's not going to... Let him do what he does best to a certain extent. When he was playing at Aberdeen, he, he, was, he was the talisman. He had more of a free role. He used to cut in all the time off that wing. And that's what... Let him do it then. But then he's now doing the pecking order. You've now got two ahead of him. Yeah. On the right hand side, you've got Roberts and then Forrest. I think you put him on the left. He's, he's Sinclair's backup. He's got to be Sinclair's backup. He can't really cut in. He's not really got a strong right foot. He's all about play as a winger. I'd like to see him as an out, out winger. I, d- I don't think we. we None of our wide players like to hit the byline. The issue We've got no DDI gets. The, the issue. Um, so for, for me to kind of take on Paul's question, from what I see, um, I do think Johnny Hayes has been a little bit knocked by the fact that he's at such a big club where every single little thing is uh, poured over. You know, if he has a bad... You know, within the first 10 minutes of a game, if he has a bad touch, and it happened against uh, Ross County, people kind of uh, moaning a little bit because Paddy Roberts is on the bench. And, you know, y- you've got to perform when you're in, when you get your opportunity. I think he's his biggest problem is he had a run of maybe three or four games where he had an opportunity, where he had maybe 60 or 70 minutes before we actually signed Patrick Roberts back. If Hayes came in and hit the ground running, we wouldn't be having this discussion. Um, but unfortunately, he hasn't. He's, his touch is getting away from him. And I made, the, I made the comparison to Paul Hartley. Paul Hartley's first three or four months at Celtic Park because he was, he was abysmal. He was terrible. Um, I remember questioning why we'd ever bought him and then he scored that goal against Spartak uh, Moscow in the Champions League and he, he went on to be you know for those two seasons to be absolutely terrific and in my mind I, I, just a legendary player I don't know he wasn't there long but I love Paul Hartley anyway so something needs to happen with Johnny Hayes he either, either really needs to have a terrific performance get re- you know have a game where he is the guy or um, he just needs to score a great goal, or he just needs to contribute a little well, bit. That's also happened. Saturday he was playing a position that's not a position he's used to. So, and it did, it did kind of um, have that kind of sense that he was scared to make a mistake. So that's why he wasn't pushing forward too much. That wasn't he get wasn't getting enough in the game because I think he was too scared of making a mistake. And the fans being his back. Funny, funnily enough, let me jump in. We've got, we've got a tweet from Sickboy at Lewis Riley1888 who tweets and says, Surely we've got a wing on the youth system better than Johnny Hayes. <laughs> so that just brings up the pressure that we're under, um, that Johnny Hayes is under. Because Johnny Hayes is a. He was, he was up for player of the year last year. No, he done terrifically well. It's just not so happening not the for the only non Celtic yeah. player to be up for it, too. Yeah. I think he was a non Celtic player in most of the cat, like the different styles of Young awards. Because, <laughs> no, but I mean, there's like players player of the year, the writers player of the yeah, year, yeah. and all yeah, that. Yeah. I think he was the only one about to break any of them. So, in essence, that's the pressure you're under if you've, if you're not contributing, but in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, people will kind of get on your back. Uh, so, uh, Scott Sinclair came on, he did, he actually did really well, he had a couple of opportunities he probably should have done better with. I thought the post-match, what Brendan Rodgers said about uh, the Ralph Meister genial, 
Roustington Steel Gang. What were we calling them? Rousto or something? Row Chops. Row Chops. Oh, okay. Um, Hashtag Row Chops. Hashtag, I'm, I'm, anoint- I'm anointing him now, uh, Row Chops. What Brendan Rogers said afterwards, uh, after the Ross County game, he was asked about um, Ralston, what people, you know, how, how, how well he's doing and how he could potentially go on to you know cement his place and right back and uh, I thought it was quite interesting that Rogers kind of kind of brought him down to earth a little bit he's like you know um, defensively he's very good he knows his position from defensively but going forward he keeps you know his, his, dish, his he's like can he pass a body fuck me and they're like this is the BBC you can't see that he's like I see whatever I fucking want and then he battered the guy. I bottled him. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Glassed him, man. I don't know why you didn't start this show with that, because that's know. like a... You'd think that was big uh, news. It was insane. Did everyone see that? Where's that? Just No. What he did say was, um, what he should go. What Ralston should do is go and watch Daniel... Daniel? Danny Alf. Who's ever called him Daniel? Go Not back even his wa- mother. Well, he was calling him Alves a minute ago. He was <laughs> fucking calling him the, name of, the same name as a team. Danny Alves was saying that... Uh, he, he was saying that... <laughs> Brendan Rodgers was saying that Ralston should go and look at Daniel Alves's use of the ball and how um, how masterful he is. At, obviously, he's, he's kind of older. He's got a lot more experience. He's also just class. Um, and if you can go and look at how he uses the ball, um, his distribution, etc., then you know... All he's got to do is look across at KT... Never mind Daniel Alves, whoever the hell he is. <laughs> Daniel Alves, <laughs> new player. Anyway, so we've got two big games coming up. Um, we've got a League Cup say quarterfinal, and we have a derby match that the whole country will be on because who are playing. Uh, and we get a question here, Kieran. I'm going to start with you. This is from uh Domboy67 at Rossi Dom86. Uh, who should start up top versus Dundee? Or do you think Rogers should let Musa and Griff duke it out to see who will play against the Zombies? I think Dembele would need the game for more game time and more fitness. Um, so I think um, 60 minutes for him and then 30 minutes for the young lad. Is it Usad? Usad, is that they call it? Eduardo. Eduardo. It's not, he's not called Eduardo, but I just call him that. Eduardo. I call, I call him Eduardo. So, yeah, I feel I feel Dembele will start because he needs obviously to get more more game time but under his belt. I, I thought he did well. He still. I thought against uh, Ross County, he did well. Obviously, he scored the goal. Uh, just he, he looks he's missing a little bit of sharpness, but that will yeah, come with time. Come. Um, with that being preparation for him to start on Saturday, you don't give him game time in this game. This isn't a game to get game time. Well, the Dundee game is, though. Or did they, or, sorry, I thought you were talking about Saturday. No, 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 no. no. Right, I'm right, saying that right, also, right. if he gets more game time, yes, does that yeah. give him more of a decision? Yeah, of course. Um, right. A headache for who he starts on Saturday? Got, you've got to play Griffiths. I think he deserves it. You, you right, can't well, drop Griffiths. We're, we're not at that yeah. point yet, are I know, because we don't really care about the rest. No, but, no, but the point is... But we, I know they're, they're deeding or they're right, so on that, but come El, on. El Camarco asks, uh, how do you manage the squad for the League Cup, Derby Games and Andelect in the next two weeks? Could Big Boyata feature? I think Boyata, Boyata is in the squad for Wednesday. He's playing Wednesday. I've seen... Potentially going to be playing Wednesday. He'll 60 minutes. Um, what are your thoughts on... All right, okay, do you know what? We're, we're kind of running... We're, Bit for time. Well, if you look at the bench and you th- on Saturday and you see who, who started and and uh, the game on Saturday, the majority of them will play again in, on Wednesday because the first teamers were the ones that were sitting on the bench. Um, so they might be obviously giving our time off. So so away. Saturday. So so away, isn't it? Dundee. Yeah. 
And Dundee have that changes things. Very well just now. I think you would have more rotation if it was at home, but I, I, I think we'll play a stronger team on. I'm not saying well, strong, I, strong I'm not, I, I don't think it'll be the team that plays on Saturday but I don't think it'll be far off uh, who starts on Wednesday I think we go back to back to the back four I think we go 4-3-3 three, three as usual or 4-2-3-1 four, four, who starts uh, I think Ralston will start right back Ralston Boyata Boyata you rest Jozo you rest Jozo you probably play Bittern I think Do and rest Lustig as well do you bring Keon Tierney back in, or well, we don't have any? Yeah, I don't think he's going to play Miller. I don't think no, because I don't think that's too inexperienced in terms of playing in a back four together to have those four and, and just Boyata coming back. I think you need a bit of you know consistency there. So maybe I might actually actually keep those things instead of Baton because of Boyata only just coming freshly back. So do you play? Do you play? Do, do you play Devries? No, just keep it going. Just keep going. The Vries never got that much last year. He never got any cup games last year either. Yeah, we don't know why. Because <laughs> Gordon, pure heavy battered them. But um, Scott Brown will play. Uh, I think it was. Scott I think Brown Scott Brown might half. rest. I think he might be rested. See, if we had, if a buoy was fit, I would possibly agree because a buoy. You want you want a battling midfielder. You want yeah. a battling midfielder because Armstrong's not a battling midfielder, and I no. don't think Cham is either. You need someone who's going to put the boot in a wee bit. So I think Brown will. I think Brown wants to play every game anyway. But it's not. I know Brown does want to I play every game, but it's a bit man. He's, that'll be his what. Considering the Scotland games as well, he didn't have a break during the international the way he did last season. Because remember, he didn't come back until the England game in November. So it might be worth. I, yeah. I get. I get your point. But we could, you know, just out play them I guess I what? do uh, believe Armstrong will play um, I think Lodic might start because he didn't start on Saturday yeah. if you're going to play the 4-2-3-1 four, kind of I think he'll play him behind Dembele um, and it'll be know, probably, probably Roberts and Sinclair because Roberts has only really played what, the PSG game hasn't he? Uh, he played the Paddock Thistle game Thistle game and then he was rested at the weekend which I was a bit of a surprise I thought he was Continue give him more games. It, I mean, it's tough. We can talk about uh, you know uh, the, these player. You know, it's great to have so many games, but the kind of team um, team management in terms of personnel and resting players, but not you know because Dundee are just off of a three-two victory over St Johnston, and they actually won that with down to ten men. And Darren they get sent off pretty late on, um, but you know it's much faster than. Foster kicked fuck at the door, the, and that so he the seems to have issues because he was the one that had the fight with Swanson as well. I think. Half his nut get some anger issues. He does. Uh, moving forward with Dundee, um, do you want my team? No, aye. I was just different. about. That's why I said moving forward. Kieran, class act. You, me, 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 me. Well, that's you. <laughs> that is me. My way in the emo voice. Um, I'll not give you all the deliberating Pish I'll just tell you the team Flaps and go Rao chops right back Fuck Right what? I just want to say this now That's his nickname Firstly The flappy bird and go Will you be serious? I'm being serious Will you man. be serious? Why are you being so juvenile? <laughs> I'm daddy Alright I'm oh, big daddy Right Tuck somebody else in So, so who gets nicknamed Flaps? Craig Gordon, obviously. By arseholes like him, who who only know who Arthur Boric is. Flaps is at cross balls. 
Aye, it was me, you and Bowd that called him Flaps the first time. Anyway, Flaps yeah, and Gold. Ral Chops right back. Um, I, then want, I want a nickname for every single one. <laughs> You've started, so you have to finish. Deaders in the centre half. Right, he's back. That's not bad. I like that, Deaders. Big Deaders. Because, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to spend Ta- Tash. Tash alongside him. And then... Uh, the hipster's choice. The hipster's choice. <laughs> uh, young, young KT at left back. Um, then you've got. Uh, God, Jesus Christ! <laughs> then you've got the thug in Cham. Uh, and the thug. The thug. I've got to call him the thug. Um, the thug. They're actually a good, a good Glasgow-based oh, band. Cham's a thug, not Brown. No, no, you can't even get close. Um, I would probably rest Brown. Uh, so I would play the hair alongside <laughs> the thug. Um, I hate this. I'm sure all the listeners hate it as well. I'm really sorry. Uh, it would have to be um, Sexy Tam, number 10. That's uh, just putting sexy before his name. <laughs> That's not really a nickname. Shut up. Um, then I would play... We Nanek at right... Necklace, <laughs> <laughs> Captain. <laughs> we James and Enoch uh, on the right, and Sinky Sinclair, the kitchen, as we call him. Yep, um, <laughs> the kitchen left. sink, <laughs> uh, and then the thumb up front. <laughs> you're, um, you're. I get so carried away. Oh. I didn't even give you my team. I just came up with any <laughs> any player I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you actually just name your team right, okay Gordon and Gold Ralston right back but I, I wouldn't play him the whole game um, I would play Boyata and Yozo um, I'd, I'd, I'm not really into resting Yozo I think the two of them if, if they two are going to go into the game Saturday I think they need to get playing again back with a partnership um, and, and Tierney left back um, in uh, Cham and I would, I would actually like to see Brown rested. I don't think it will happen, but I think it will happen. Um, I really do. I think in in Cham and Armstrong. Um, in fact, actually, I'm forgetting about McGregor. Ben McGregor. McGregor it, it would be in Cham and McGregor for me, and Rogic ahead of them um, because if he's fit, he's got to play. Um, Roberts. Probably Roberts. And again, I I don't know. Maybe not give him ninety minutes. Um, and Sinclair, I think. Is another one who could possibly come off at some point, but I think he should start. Okay, I don't know. Three subs. I know. Um, and then uh, probably start with Dembele I just to give him get him some game time. But I don't know. I kind of feel it's harsh on the likes of Hayes. I would like to see Hayes. Get I would a bit, play a bit more of an opportunity. I would definitely play Hayes. I'd give him that opportunity. I would be tempted to play Boyata and Ayer, um, just because I don't necessarily want. Well, you've shot. He has been nowhere near it for now a good, good few years. He's been years. in the squad. He was in the squad on Saturday. And Bitton started, but. I, I, I know. a game for Raya to play? No, I think this is a game for, for Bitton. As much as. Bitton, I think, is going to be cover at centre half, centre half if there's any more injuries. So you keep him. You, you play him when you need to. I don't think he needs to play this game. Don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not underestimating Dundee because I think it will be a tough game. But I also think Ayer. Went went to places like Dundee with Kilmarnock last season and performed relatively well. If we're going to blood in youngsters, uh, we may as well do it when they're a unit 
and let them blood in together. I think I think Ayer and uh, Hayes would definitely be starters for me. Um, I would definitely rest Scott Brown, get him kind of in shape for Saturday. Uh, it's interesting because let's move on to Rangers. You want to talk to somebody? You talk to me. He's going to do all his talking in the ring. You talk to me. You want to talk about the final chapter? I'll be glad to talk about the final chapter. The final chapter in the life and history and the career of Hulk Hogan. See, because it's over, Hogan. I know it. You know it. Everybody knows it. You had three good years. You can't laugh at that. You were lucky. You made some money. You got a cartoon. You got some dolls. You rode good. You had it good. But you know you can't beat this man. Toughest man in the world. Nobody can beat this man. You think with all that blonde hair and a bunch of little hulksters out there and behind you, you ripping that T-shirt off and shaking in your pythons, you think you can beat him, dummy? It can't be done by you, ten guys like you, or a hundred people like you. This is the next heavyweight champion of the world. Get ready to swallow it, Hogan. It's all over. Andre, what about that, that final lesson? You don't understand, do Wait you, dummy? I do the I'll talking. I'll conduct these interviews here if you don't mind. Oh, maybe I will conduct them. How do you like that? Joining me now is Doogie Wright, uh, stats and tactics guru. Um, you can catch him on Twitter at Doogie underscore Wright. Um, thanks for coming on, Doogie, getting involved. Yeah, pleasure to be on. Um, so, you've been kind of tracking Rangers and doing some stuff for, for different sort of outlets. Um, we're just looking for an overview on where Rangers are at the moment. Obviously, there's a big game coming up on Saturday. Yeah, so, I mean, the last few months following Rangers has um, had a lot of ups and downs. I think under Predo Cresinho, you had the 5-1 um, at Ibrox. You had... Um, Rangers lose at home to Aberdeen for the first time in 23 years. You've had progress in Edercorn. So that, uh, there has been a lot of um, downsides for the Rangers support. But on the other hand, um, Casinha's brought in some big name signings. Bruno Alves is like reasonably solid so far. Graham Doran's done okay. And there are some signs of progress. Um, the Rangers team now looks a lot more able to grind out a result at, at not Patrick Thistle, at Ross County and at Motherwell, which they may have struggled to do so last season. Um, jury's still very much out, but I think that this weekend obviously is going to have a huge bearing on Casinha's um, future. Yeah, I can absolutely Im- imagine that. Um, oh, the game on, on Friday against Partick Thistle, um, they kind of... Where did they kind of go wrong for Rangers? Because, you know, you mentioned how well they'd done against uh, kind of Ross County away um, and stuff like that. And obviously, I, I watched the, the opening game against Motherwell and I thought for the first 10 or 15 minutes, Rangers were, were terrific. I thought they were, they played at a high, high tempo, pressing pretty high up the pitch. But after the sort of first sort of 10 minutes, they kind of just faded out a little bit. Um, yeah. Where did they kind of go wrong? Well, to me, you make a very good point there. It seems that Rangers are sort of playing waves. When they're on it, when they're focused, when they're going forward, they're doing so quickly and everything looks really good. When they're not, that's when the lapses in concentration happen. Um, I think you saw that for both the Partick Thistle goals. Um, on yeah. Friday night, the first one, a set piece. It was a silly foul to begin with from, I think it was Fabio Cardoso that gave it away. And then the ball just totally broke up. And then for the second goal, it was some very, very poor marking from the fullbacks. 
um, which I think which I think is a big um, big issue for Rangers this season. You've got Cardozo and Alves who've looked reasonably reasonably solid in the centre, but we all know that James Tavernier has problems tracking back, and Lee Wallace hasn't been fantastic defensively either. However, we've now got um, Declan John at left back for Rangers, so it'll be interesting to see how he gets on on Saturday. Um, do you think, obviously, with with Wallace being out, do you think they'll just stay with with the kind of formation they've had? I mean, you've they've been playing what sort of kind of like four four two sort of. Yeah, it's been. Uh, I think Brendan Rodgers had a press conference last week where he sussed it. He said it's a Rangers team. They play four four two. Look to get out the balls out wide to the wingers and then cross into the box, and that's very much what we've seen um, so far this season. Daniel Candeas. Um, it's got a decent turn of pace on him, good delivery as well. Um, but it's on that other left hand side where Rangers have struggled to find somebody. You've got Josh Windass, who um, he's he's playing on Saturday, isn't he? He's got cleared by yeah, the yeah. SFA for that gesture. He made. <laughs> yeah, so, just about yeah <laughs> that gesture. So <clears throat> I think Windass last season certainly flattered to deceive. This season against. Motherwell, he was storming. It was a fantastic performance. Very unlucky not to score. And against Partick Thistle, he was middling. Now, he replaced Nico Crancher in that team, who frankly doesn't look like he's necessarily got the legs, certainly, to defend. Um, going forward, he can spray some great balls up to the front guys, but yeah, you're not going to see a lot of movement from him. So, I would expect it to be Windass, Dorans, Jack, and Candias in midfield. Um get Candias forward and then maybe see what happens with Windass on the left-hand side. I don't know if he's... Celtic will have Ralston on the right, won't they? Yeah. Yeah, so I think that... Ooh. If I was Pedro Cazinha, I would be tempted to push Candias, uh, the right winger, up high and sort of pin Kieran Tierney back because obviously Kieran Tierney is such a fantastic attacking outlet for Celtic. Um, Ralston, I haven't actually caught too many Celtic home games this season, but from what I've seen, he looks reasonably solid going forward, although maybe not as much as Kieran Tierney on the other side. So I think that Cazinha might be tempted to put both wingers quite high up the pitch and see if they can pin them back. An interesting perspective. Um, I think that Ralston, I mean, we, we, we had the, the guys in the studio earlier on and we were kind of debating whether Ralston will actually start um, ahead of Lustig. I think it all kind of depends on Celtic have got a game, obviously, on Wednesday. Rangers have got the game on Tuesday, but we're trying to bring Boyata back into the fold. But yeah, he's been out for a wee while, though, hasn't he? Yeah, I don't, I can't, I can't imagine who's going to play on Wednesday and then he'll play on Saturday because it's such a kind of big game and such big pressure to to put him in. So I think Lustig will kind of sit as a centre half. Um, Yozo, Ralston, and Tierney. It's a it's a young centre. It's a young um, defence, um, even with Lustig being thirty. Still quite inexperienced, um, so I think from a Rangers point of view, maybe trying to get at Ralston would probably be their best kind of way forward. Um, uh, looking at a stat here, Rangers have only conceded 11, sh- 11 shots in six games, but from those 11 shots, they've conceded eight goals. Yeah, um, that's that shots in target. Yeah. So they have Sorry. conceded. I, I don't know how many shots. I think it's about forty. I think it's forty fifty in that neck of the woods. But they're they've done quite a good job of limiting what actually goes at ways fordering them. Unfortunately, the ones that do go at ways fordering, well, fortunately, if you're a Celtic fan, 
do tend to be from close range where you can't really do too much about them. So Fodderingham's still a decent keeper, but this Rangers side do give up a few good good goal-scoring opportunities um, every game. I can't imagine Celtic um, struggling to get opportunities in that regard. Yeah. Um, Obviously, um, Morales. Is it Morales? Is that how you say it? Yeah, um, he's he's impressed. Six goals in six league games. Um, what is it about him that's kind of makes him that sort of danger man? Well, you know, when he came in, I guess there was that sort of Scottish football stereotype <laughs> where we've got this South American coming in. Um, what is he? He's looked quite wee. What's he going to be able to do? But I'll tell you, the guy's really, really strong. He's got a low centre of gravity. He comes right back into the opposition half to fight for the ball, and he holds up really, really well. But its main point, his main point is going forward, and he can do all sorts of finishes. He can head it, he can finish left foot, right foot, top corner, bottom corner. He's been really impressive so far, I must say. The only issue Rangers will have is finding, is servicing him. Um, I think you've got Candace's balls in from the right that are probably going to be the main one. But if that Celtic team press the way that they have been pressing Rangers in the past few games, then I don't really see how much supply he's going to get. Yeah. Um, having seen Jack a couple of times this season, he kind of has the tendency to maybe go in to, to certain tackles maybe a little bit hard. Do you think that, what are you thinking about from him versus sort of, not necessarily versus, but him and Brown in midfield, do you think that could be quite a tasty challenge? Yeah, I mean, they always say in these, in these derbies, if you get the first challenge in, um, then you're on to a winner. So I think Ryan Jack will definitely be up for it. The only thing is you need to, be careful, I think he was sent off at Ibrox actually for Aberdeen last season. Yeah. Um, and he had the hips thing that was obviously taken away in appeal, but he's got that edge in his game. He plays right in the edge like Scott Brown. Um thing is Scott Brown's been around the block with these games. He knows exactly what to expect, he knows what the atmosphere is gonna be like, and it doesn't really face him at all. You just don't know how Ryan Jack's gonna react. He has been a strong addition to the Rangers midfield. Um I think in terms of structure, there's not enough coming centrally from Rangers, but that's not his fault. He was brought in primarily as a defensive player. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see. He's been... If you were to ask me right now, I think he'd probably put in a solid performance on Saturday, but you know how these games kind of either make or break um, your time on either side of Rangers or Celtic. Yeah. I so mean, I'm that... sure he'll be right up for it anyway. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's last season they had sort of Joey Barton. What, what I found yeah. from playing Rangers last year... Um, was I kind of obviously there there are some players going in, going, going in with sort of hard tackles etc. But kind of through the middle, I thought they were quite weak. So I think you know Jack and Dorans, and it's the old kind of adage they know what it's about. You know Rangers fans as they were growing up, they're going to give that maybe that little bit extra. But it's as long as they kind of keep their head. Where, where from a creative point of view, where are where are Rangers really going to be kind of channeled? I would say right hand side definitely. That's the, the only thing they say that's Rangers' main creative outlet because you'll have Tavernier there and you'll have Candace there. But if I was speaking to Celtic right now, I would be saying, well, watch that, exploit that right-hand side because theoretically, Candace should go forward and Tavernier should sit and defend, but Tavernier does not sit and defend. <laughs> and Tavernier pushes right the way up as well. And you can kind of see the indecision in him. There's times when he thinks, because last season he was a massive, the last couple of seasons has been a big attacking outlet for Rangers overlapping the wingers this season he's been told to stay back and he doesn't really like it so um 
there'll definitely be space down that channel. Um, and if you get space down there, then chances are you're going to be one-on-one with Cardozo or one-on-one with Bruno Alves. And you might get a bit of a joy there. But going forward, a counterpoint would be that Candias has got a good delivery. Tavernier's got a good delivery on his day too. So particularly from set pieces, I think Rangers could see a bit of joy out of that, especially with a guy like Morelos in the air. Yeah, absolutely. I think obviously that's, you mentioned it earlier, Tierney. Tierney, that's our left-hand side with him and Sinclair. And Sinclair does when he needs to actually can put a kind of shift in in terms of defensive duties. So it's funny that you're, from a Rangers point of view, their strongest side is probably one of our strongest sides as well. Um, I mean, how do you think if you've got Patrick Roberts there, how do you defend against that? If you are uh, Pedro Cachinha, how would you try and defend against Patrick Roberts? Well, that's the thing. Patrick Roberts, you'd back him one-on-one in the league with anybody. So if I was in Cassini's shoes, you're looking to get guys to double up on him. But obviously, if you're doubling up on Patrick Roberts with somebody, then you're going to have a free man. And you've seen Callum McGregor, particularly this season, he's absolutely thrived off opponents, maybe underestimating him, giving him a wee bit of pocket of space between the lines, and then he just turns and goes and hits you hard. You look at that Celtic team, you've got McGregor, you've got Armstrong, you've got um, Roberts, of course. You've got all sorts of Rogic, you've got all sorts of attacking threats. You can... They can cut you a thousand different ways. I still think that maybe you give him, you give Declan John the first. Declan John looks quite an athletic guy. He's quite quick. So I don't know whether you want to give him the first 10, 15 minutes and see how he's coping against Patrick Roberts. If it's going well, then you just carry on, let him defend one-on-one. If not, you're maybe looking to get somebody like Ryan Jack right the way across the pitch and make sure that you're going in two-on-one with him or at least blocking out all his options. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, having watched Patrick Roberts, I mean, he's a joy to watch. I mean, I'd, I'd hate to play against him. Um, oh, I, I'd hate an, an op- opposition fan. Um, what's, from a Rangers perspective, um, what do you think the expectations are? What do you think the fans would be happy with? What do you think Cassinia would be happy with? Are, you, are they looking for, like, a point, do you think? Or is it a case of turn up and try and get the victory yeah I think always in these games you have to go for the win and the supporters demand that you win that game I do however think that in the back of your mind you're thinking right if Rangers maybe lose by an odd goal then it's not a disaster from the Rangers fans point of view a hammering is a total disaster hammering is probably Pedro Casino's P45 a win gives him godlike status and govern a point probably keeps his job for the next month or two at least um so i think there, there's lots of different outcomes i think rangers obviously want and want the win but back your mind it's avoid a hammering avoid another 5-1 i think the psychological scars of um the last game at irox are very much evident and there's been a sort of fear about rangers play at home since that game so I really don't know how it's going to go in that sense. Um, but I think if Celtic maybe score early on like they did last time at Ibrox, then it could be a rough afternoon. So you think it's his P45 if he, if it's a 4 or 5 nil or a 5-1 yeah. victory again? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, I think the Rangers supporters could take one. Maybe it wasn't his squad. Um, hadn't had much time with them, I suppose. But to get beat 5 well, to let Celtic score five goals against you in your own backyards twice in the space of six months is 
that's a sackable offence, if any. Do, do you think the Rangers are going to come out with that, like, on the front foot? I mean, obviously, we said, kind of, the start of the chat, that, like, obviously, the first, sort of, ten minutes that they kind of come bursting out of the, the kind of traps, and that's how they've been, kind of, you know, almost stunning teams. I know they did it against Dunfermline, they did it against Hibs, um, you know, try to get the first goal. Do you think they'll do that, or is he going to... From what I've seen of Kashinia, he's maybe not pragmatic enough, which I think was probably the problem with Warburton as well. You can maybe only play one sort of way. Yeah, very much so. Um, I think Kashinia in his defence, he's quite good at chasing a game. Um, we saw him against Motherwell last season. I think Rangers were a goal down and they made three subs at half time. They only had one centre back on the pitch, and <laughs> it was just midfielders and attackers, and they scraped the 1 1 draw. But it was kamikaze football. Um, against Partick Thistle, it was another comeback. There's been quite a few comebacks under Coutinho. Um However, I think that in terms of actually going out, now know how long can they hold the nerve, and particularly against a team that's tactically drilled and disciplined as Celtic. You don't see Celtic concede a lot of shots, a lot of goals. Um, I think that Rangers will probably go out and try and get the first goal and just get something on the scoreboard because you know that Celtic are going to have opportunities. They're more likely they're not going to score. So sitting back and waiting waiting for Celtic to score before you do something is probably not going to help them in this regard. So yeah, I very much say they're going to start from the front foot. Um, and let me hear it. What are your expectations in terms of the scoreline? What do you think? I should have said predictions there. I've just repeated myself. Um, <laughs> what, what's your prediction for the game? I think that 3-1 Celtic sounds about right. Uh, would that be with Rangers scoring first? Well, that happened back in was it December, the yeah. first one at Ibrox last season. So I could see something similar to that happening. Um, I think the manner of the 3-1, though, if it was to be a 3-1, um, would make a lot of difference. If Celtic soar into a three-goal lead and Rangers get a consolation with about 20 minutes left, then it's Pedro Ecclesian is in a lot of trouble. But if it's a tight 1-1 game and then Celtic score with 15 minutes and then they get another in injury time, then you can live with that. Um, but yeah, I think Celtic are going to get a lot of opportunities, um, and I think Rangers might nick something as well. Well, as long as it's a good game, yes, yes. <laughs> that's what we do. Yeah, well, t- from my point of view, I hope it's a five 0 drubbing. To be honest, yeah. Um, but thanks for getting involved, Doogie. Um, you're on Twitter at Doogie underscore right. Yep, that's me. Yep. That's me. Um, if you've enjoyed this, if you don't think I've sounded like total nonsense, then you can give me a follow in there. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, we'll get you back on throughout the season. Give us some updates on uh, Rangers and Scottish football in general. Yeah, fantastic. It would be a pleasure to do so. Great stuff, man. Thanks very much for coming on. Cheers, mate. Coco, beware. Coming up right now on Primetime Wrestling. You know, Coco's got that new uh, World Wrestling Federation. Uh, Coco, beware. Watch out now. Somebody's Have missing you, a watch? No, no. The World Wrestling Federation made a watch with a picture oh, on the dial of Coco Beware and Frankie. Have you seen it? <laughs> no. Man, when you tell me Coco's got a new watch, I figure somebody's missing a watch. Okay, so what we're going to do now is we're just going to have a, a kind of look at the Rangers uh, versus Celtic game on Saturday, the Glasgow Derby. So Derby because they are from uh, Glasgow as well. Um, Rangers have uh, just kind of got some kind of notes in terms of how they are because I know everyone kind of doesn't like them <laughs> but they drew to each against Thistle on, on Friday night um, they came out off of a two match win because uh, they, 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 they beat Ross County away and they beat Dundee at home um, overall this season they've only really had one loss in the league which was to Hibs 
where they actually did okay until they get a man sent off. Um, well, it was a kind of quite a 50-50 sort of match. Uh, looking at how they line up, uh, they've played the same, exactly the same formation with just one or two variations in terms of personnel. But against Partick Thistle, um, they had uh, Alaves, Cordoso, Wallace and Tavignier uh, in a back four. Jack Dorans sitting uh, with Windas uh, and Candieres um, as wide players Miller and Morelish. When Windas was out injured, they had Crankyire playing, um, so that seems to be the kind of his knees rotation. I, I can't see Crankyire playing against us because I think the pace of the game would would kill him. Um, Morelish has got six goals in six league games. He's got nine. He's got eight goals and nine overall. How are you feeling going into this game, Keenan? Um, I'm not going to say overconfident, but um, I, f- I feel that we're going to we're going to win the game. Um, I feel we are such a far superior team just now. We're obviously take Europe Europe out of the way, but domestically we're just we're controlling games. We're um, bossing it. We're winning games. Um, they seem to be struggling. With some of the results, I mean, I, from what I gather, I believe that had Erskine Nuts get sent off, they probably would have held on for the win thistle. Yeah. Um, so they were, str- they were struggling there. Um, I know it's Ibrook, so it could slightly change things now, but I don't think it didn't. I mean, if you look at it, we're going to be almost the same team as we had last year, but we've obviously got in Cham. So we've kind of enhanced our midfield, I think, with a bit more quality over what we had Armstrong. Um, I know they've bought a number of players more than they did last year, but I've not been convinced that a lot of their players are that, are that good. Uh, the Manelis ones, I think, I've, I've heard that I had a lot about him. I think he's he, he looks starting to kind of do something. Louis, uh, thoughts on Manelis? He looks he looks quite tasty. I've literally, that was that was the first time I've ever seen him in the Partick Thistle game. Um, he took his goal really well. He looks, from what I've heard, kind of similar. I've, I've heard good things. I've heard that he's, he seems to be a, a, a good find for them. So, um but you know what? That that's in a way that's good. I mean, I'm I'm kind of looking forward. I'm looking forward to the game in the sense of I hope we get a bit of a, t- a test, and it's not, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely want to thump them, but I hope we we have to raise our game in order to thump them. You know what I mean? I want yeah. I want a really good Celtic performance, and you're only going to get that if you're playing against another team who are giving you a good goal. So let's hope that happens. But I am. I am confident. I think we don't expect us to start well because we never do, and they will come flying out the traps because they always do. But um, specifically, let me jump in for a second. Specifically under Kashinya uh, um, this season, they did it against um, Motherwell. They did it against uh, Hibs. Um, I didn't see the Hearts game, but they did it against County as well. Um, and Dundee, they score early goals. Yeah, they they come out and they score early goals, and specifically at Ibrooks, they press you really high up the pitch as much as they can within the first sort of ten minutes, and then from what I've seen, certainly they kind of run out of steam. Yeah. So against uh, Celtic at New Year's, now I know that wasn't um, that wasn't Kashinia, but against Celtic at New Year, they did a very similar thing and they scored. Against the Celtic in New Year didn't turn up till the first, you know, fifteen twenty minutes until that tackle famously that, that Scott Brown made, and then that kind of g'd up the entire entire thingy. So I mean, I, I'm looking for us. You say we never start. You say we never really start. 
I think you're right. I think a lot of the time in, in, in these sort of games, it takes us time to get into it. Um, but we need to. Well, but the thing is, we are smart, smarter, better quality players all over the pitch than what they are. And we have been, we are used, or not used to, but we have just played in the Champions League against PSG. And we've seen the level above us, way, way above us, but we are way above them in terms of every aspect of, of in just football in terms. Um, we are way ahead of them, so I, I think we've got. I think we should be confident. I think we're right to be confident. But I think it will be interesting to see how Brendan Rodgers approaches it. Does he just want us to, you know, win the game, just get just get out of there with a result, or are we going to try and put a marker down and say, you know, like I think we should, and I think like we all want to see, no, this is. You think you're gonna do this? No, this is what this is what's actually happened. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens, but I think I think we'll, we're in for a better, a, a tougher game than we have had. Than, than we've had, um, and I and I think that's. I, I don't quite know why I'm saying that in many respects because it was still Kashinia that got thumped five one at Ibrox. And or the worst the last time we were there, um, and he's brought in a bunch of players that I've certainly never heard of, and uh, you know I'm not saying they're not good players because I've never heard of them, but they're 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 unknown to Scottish football, so it's going to take them time. But um, and obviously the the super grass is out. Uh, Lee Wallace, he's been ruled out. <laughs> um, so it looks like um, Big John's going to play. Um, Young Declan, Deckles, Decarino. He, well, he he's getting a niggle up, aren't Oh really? Yeah. Oh, so well. he, he he could be out. Well, what I would say about them is they seem to have a, a kind of settled team. Um, they're playing four four two, although it's really kind of four five one with Miller kind of drifting, kind of a, 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 kind of across the front line as as he tends to. I never put Dorans down as being such a deep midfielder. I put him down as a number ten, kind of going towards being a winger. I never, I never actually put him down as like a kind of almost box to box I've always he's always kind of been a box to box midfielder just, yeah and Norwich he certainly of. was um, and then uh, West Brom he didn't really get as much as much game time as he probably should have at West Brom but I, I think Dorans is a quality player I think he's a, his a, goals, a goals against Pathy Thistle mm, yeah but very much an upgrade I think Jack um, has a tendency to do horrendous tackles like we saw against Thistle. I um, think he would caught up in the emotion. Uh, he's a Rangers fan. If Scott Brown is smart, <clears throat> which he tends to be in these games, he might be able to kind of lull him into something, maybe wind him up a little bit. Um, However, which is all we want. may not cost him, because obviously if Rodgers plays, then he's going to be latching himself onto Jack a bit more. Yeah. And, and Jack, will, yeah, Jack will try and latch himself onto Rodgers like a parasite onto like a dead horse or something, you know, the way they cling in. But, you know, the, the horse is gone. Mm-hmm. The horse is bolted. Two metaphors. They're not working. Or are they similes? Other metaphors, aren't they? Um, I just want to see. I just want to see Raul Chops, man. I want him to play. I want him you to just play. want him to and not do, fuck and it somebody. <laughs> you want to see him in the US? I want him to fucking do something. I be brilliant. Um, I'm going to be the host for a minute. Do you think um, Ralston was? told a week in advance that he was going to play the PSG game so he had time to prepare yeah. uh, mentally before the game and tactically I suppose do we think that the same has happened here do you think he'll play Ralph Chops and if so do you think the boy already knows 
Uh, I think this all depends. Um, I think it depends on how Bo- how Boyata comes uh, out of the Dundee game. Um, at the same time, I don't really think they're going to risk. Do you need to go and get your bus? Right. right. Okay, Kieran Harn, it's been a pleasure. Goodbye. God bless. Uh, at Kieran Harn on Twitter, um, etc., etc. Um, as I say, I think it comes down to what Boyata does. I even said that. I don't know if if Boyata comes through Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday it's still a massive risk. Miller is fast. Miller runs, you know, he you know, he breaks the lines and he, he runs across, he drags people out of position. Boyata, you don't want him your first game first couple of games you want him to be eased back in. But then he's natural natural centre half, so it's not it's nothing it's, it's just it's just fitness. I no, actually, I don't think it matters this Wednesday. I would play Ralston. I would play Ralston, I would play Tierney, I would play Lustig, and I would play Sumerovic. I think that's your back four. Um, here is where it maybe gets a little bit interesting. Mm-hmm. For how much I really like Armstrong and how well Armstrong's played in the these games, um, you've got a decision to make. You've got Armstrong, you've got Cham, and you get McGregor. McGregor's hardly had any game time over the last couple of weeks. Um, he excelled in the Rangers games last season. Yep. Um, what would you do? Uh, I think I think in Cham and Brown have to play. So I think in, especially, especially with it being So you're leaving out Armstrong and McGregor? Because you're playing uh, yeah. Logic. Yep. yep. Okay. So Logic and Cham and Brown I think for me are the three um, because then we've got a wee bit more of a balance because you're going to expect them to at least try and dictate things because they're at home and yeah. they've got a bit of confidence now. So, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I real, I, I'm I'm a massive, massive fan of McGregor and I think it's brilliant. He's got a new four-year deal. I think he f- absolutely deserves it. Um, well, well, quickly, Ben the Tim asks, McGregor, Brown and Jozo have all signed new contracts. Which one are you most pleased about? Oh, McGregor. McGregor out of those three for me because um, he could potentially be here for the rest of his career which he's kind of yeah. made made kind of public um, yep. um, I, I, I think it's 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 a shame for McGregor but there's just he, he just can't I don't think he's going to get in because now I'm just Rogic for me just has to play you have to play him in the number 10 you know you also know that Rogic is going to get injured again yeah <laughs> he just yeah, will of course so uh, he will but all McGregor um, needs to do is kind of bide his time you now. Yeah, and but he, he can always come on and affect games, McGregor. Um, whereas some players aren't good at that and they can't quite get to the pace of a game, whereas McGregor's good at that. Um, I think so he's a good option. Rogic coming off the bench is le- far less effective than Rogic starting. Rogic starting, finding his feet and uh, having a run at it, knowing how the game's kind of laid out, how it settles, I think is better than coming off the bench and trying to figure it from that point. Unless, it's, the a, game's unless it's a cup final and they're trying to win a treble. No, I, I, Tom Rogic is an outstanding individual. He's an outstanding talent, but I'd rather he started every game. I'd rather he started every game. That's, yep. my, my, that's my point. It's yep. better to he's, start than to be on the bench. Aye, I think he's got to. I think he's got to. But um, I, I think Armstrong... Armstrong again is a great option to bring on, you know, off the bench. But I think Encham's got to play um, for me. So Encham Brown and and Rogic 
Um, but I want to see. I want to see Ralston. I, I just. I just really like the you idea of having Ralston and Tierney as our two fullbacks, two academy players as our fullbacks. Not because, just because they're academy players, but because they are good enough. Dave, not Dave Norwich. Dave Norwich. Uh, sorry, Dave. Not Dave in Norwich. Dave Norwich. Who tweets regular? Thanks, Dave. While I would be, uh, while I would never dare say this to his face, is Anthony Ralston too small to be a top? A player and too top, too small to be a top centre back and too big to be a top right back. Uh, we're going to pass this information over to uh, Ralston, Dave. Uh, yeah. he's, gonna, he's coming for you. No, Ralston's a man. Aye, Ralston's got it all. <laughs> Fucking rain it in. He's got yeah. it all. We'll see. No, well, ap- apparently the like. Uh, Everybody in the SFA and, and yeah, well, he, trained with the Scot- he trained with the Scotland squad. Yeah, they, they've all got high hopes for him, and he's been watched by Everton and Tottenham. Oh, have both been rumoured to be watching him. Fucking well, um, well, they can watch all they want. Okay, of course. Um, Quick between us, yeah. And what do you think? <laughs> what and, and the listeners? Yeah. What do you think? If I mean, what he must have been feeling when he knew he was going to play PSG must have been crazy. But do you think if he has been told that he's going to play on Saturday, what's bigger? For me personally, I think playing Saturday is bigger. Um, obviously, the bigger occasion is the Champions League game. Uh, but what makes you a man in terms of being a football guy who plays for Celtic is uh, playing in the big games in Scotland, uh, taking on you know Rangers at Ibrooks and knowing the abuse you're going to get knowing uh, because Celtic for, for me you know the atmosphere at Parkhead is so positive for our players obviously there, there are times when they kind of get in their back but in essence when you come out against PSG you're going to hear that roar you're going to be spurred on come on you know it's going to get yeah. to you it's going to help you Ibrooks obviously it's kind of a counterproductive so therefore this is how he'll deal going into a cauldron of hate and if you come out of that at 18 and you've had a good performance and you've kept whoever you're supposed to be marking quiet, you maybe have, you know, getting forward, I think that's a bigger mark in terms of your development overall. Because yeah. you can't measure a guy against... P- you can't measure an 18-year-old against PSG and a Scottish Mbappe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But you can't measure someone's development against PSG. You can develop. You can see where they are in terms of the Scottish League. And you can see where they are in terms of winning titles. And you can see where they are in terms of domestic pressure. Because I think Ralston really looks like a terrific prospect. I think he still looks really, really raw. But so did Keon Tierney when he first came in. Yeah. The only way these guys are going to be able to develop is through game time. Yeah, and I, I think if Ralston plays on Saturday and he puts in a good performance, he's having a Keon Tierney season in terms of game time. I think he will... He will no, get I, more time at right back than Lustig will over the piece. I would say that we need to be careful with him because he's going to. We don't want to burn him out. But, he, but come on, look at him! Look how physically developed he is. He's still he's still eighteen. He's still he's, he's much, bigger than the two of us. And we've got a combined age of like seventy. No, uh, we mo- don't. Most, you're not thirty-five. You asshole. No, but you're about fifty. Sorry. Can you be serious? <laughs> Sorry. Jesus. Thought it was a comedy show. If anyone's been picking up on that, well done. Um the fact is though, um 
this is bigger for his development. And I hope he plays. Fuck it. I hope he plays. Um, and that back line, I think, is exactly what we need. Um, just as we're finishing up here, I assume Roberts, Sinclair, and Cham, Brown, Rogic, and Griffiths. The, the up front is still a bit of a debate. It's still a bit of a question mark. I, I, I don't know. It depends how... Do you think there's any chance he's going to go to up top? Do you think there's a chance he'll go to up top? Or do you think it's completely off the radar? I, I can't see him doing it. I think he'll only play two up top when he's playing at home against lesser teams that he knows he's going to dominate. And I, I and I'm, I know people are going to say, well, that's Rangers. Well, no, it's no. This is a the, different... The, the let's pre- not kid the on pressure, this. Yeah. The pressure's different. So, no, I think... Because then you're sacrificing a midfielder or you're doing what we've done at the weekend, sacrifice a, a, a defender. And I don't think we'll be that comfortable with three at the back because we're probably going to have some sort of change in there again with Boyata come back so no I think he, I think he'll have one striker the thing is though who does he have on the bench does he have Eduard and Griffiths if he plays Dembele you know do you have two strikers on the bench because realistically you're only going to bring one of them on yeah um, do you have Hayes and Forrest you know two wingers two strikers Hayes won't be in the squad you know it's these are what these are the decisions that the man is paid for. Let's face it. <laughs> Who would you play up front? Who would you be on? Who would be your uh, focal point? I think for the fact that you've got um, Big Bruno, uh, the great Cali. <laughs> get reference, uh, yeah, yeah, good reference, yeah. Thanks. Uh, centre half, I would love to see Lee Griffiths just turning him, playing off his shoulder, and and causing him nightmares. Rather than maybe Dembele in front of him. I mean, like the great, Dembele's great. brilliant, but it's maybe just came too soon, and maybe Dembele comes on with you know twenty minutes to go and and tries to to do something depending on what the situation is. So Griffiths for me, Griffiths for me as well. Um, I would pretty much pick the same team as you. I think yeah, I think we're getting to this point where with these big games. The team picks itself. The team does pick itself. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, that's our show. Um, thanks to uh, Kieran Haddon, who who left uh, a little earlier. Um, Lou McCaffrey. It's been a pleasure, Christopher. It's great to be back in your humble abode. Humble abode. Uh, you know, back in uh, back in the bosom. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Kind of creepy, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are the 90 Minute Cynic. You can check out our website, 90minutecynic.com. We have the supplement, which you're going to write for. Um, you made that comment a couple of weeks ago. You got your I, article in. I stand by that. Um, <laughs> as soon as I'm told what the theme of the supplement uh, edition is, I am going to write something. You'll get involved. It might be under an alias, though. So you're just going to kid on your writing and just, and we'll see if anybody can spot what the alias spot is. Spot it who it is. Um, Ninetyminutesynic.com. Danny Alaves. He kept calling him Alaves. I wanted to see what you're talking about. Ninetyminutesynic.com. Um, you can check out the supplement. We've got three editions. They all have different themes. The last one was on politics and football. You can also check out our last feature podcast, which you can get on the Ninety Minute Cynic. <laughs> 90 minutes in extreme uh, on Spreaker and on iTunes. We are on Spreaker and iTunes. Spreaker at Spreaker.com slash the 90 minutes cynic. iTunes, if you search for us at 90 minutes cynic um, on all your iTunes, is it like Spreaker? Uh, what's all the stuff that's on? Comcast, is that a thing? 
Is that, <laughs> is that TV show? Easy line um, I'm not sure what they're all called, but if you've got a podcast app and you search 90 Minutes in it and we don't come up, please let us, let us know. Yeah, we're, we're all on, we're on most of them. Because we should be on all of them, yeah. Um, you can get us on iTunes if you just search for 90 Minutes in it. If you can subscribe and leave a positive comment, that would be terrific. I mean, that would be great. We'd love that. Um, 90minutesinic.com, as I say, at 90minutesinic on Twitter. He's Louis McCaffrey. And he's Chris Gallagher. And we are the 90 Minute Cynic. Speak to you down the road. Boom. Boom.